This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical, critical thinking. Hi, welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm Robbie Lashua, and today we have a really great guest with us, one of my good friends, Wade Cooperwriter. He is a uh, missionary with BBFI down in Nicaragua. Uh, Wade grew up here in the Phoenix area. He's been a missionary for a few years now, and so we're going to have a, a really fun interview with him about what God's doing in Nicaragua, how you can play a part in it, and um, maybe that God's pushing you and calling you to, to go out of your comfort zone to serve other people in the world. So, Wade, thanks for being here today. Man, this is exciting. I've never done anything like this before, Mm -hmm. and just looking forward to sharing with people what God is doing, what he's done in my life, and what he is doing right now very actively in Central America and specifically Nicaragua. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. I'm excited about this this uh, talk today. Uh, before, um, and, and I, I hope you've listened to the podcast, every single one of them, Wade, of course, right? You just you love them. I have you done my everything. best to yeah, catch up. <laughs> <laughs> but we always start with a coffee tip. That's, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. we do. So uh, I thought because you're a missionary in Nicaragua, we'd start with coffee tips about Nicaraguan coffee. Excellent. Yeah, and so I was, I was recently searching this a little bit and found that um, uh, Espresso Coffee Guide actually ranks Nicaraguan coffee the number three best coffee bean in the world. I'm only shocked because it's not number one, but yeah. I've got a pretty good bias place in my heart for Nicaragua. Sure. So. But number three, that's pretty good that's out of the entire world. Good. I mean, yeah. this is high-end coffee that's coming out of that region oh, in, yeah. in Nicaragua. So oh, yeah. uh, you've had it before. Oh, just a few times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty like, good. Like, I bemoan the fact that when I'm in the U.S., there's no good coffee here. Man, that's so, that's baffling to think about. I yeah. gotta go down. I gotta visit you guys and try that sometime. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I try to bring in coffee, and it just comes down to how much room do I have for clean clothes versus coffee, because I want everybody to experience it. You don't it. need clean clothes. They are very overrated, right? <laughs> they right. are, yeah. Compared to, I mean, we're talking coffee here. <laughs> right, I know. Yeah, I was, uh, in, in looking into this, it was really interesting to me to see um, that that there are 45, over 45,000 families in Nicaragua who own and operate small coffee farms. It is So this amazing. is a huge industry mm-hmm. for a country yeah. of about 5 million people. Yeah, about 6 million, yeah. About 6 yeah. million, okay. Yeah. So that that's awesome. And I was I was looking into how much they export. They export over 90% of what they grow there. It's a, It really is a huge export. I mean, to go up into that part of the country – during the the harvest time Mm -hmm. and to see all the drying grounds and all this stuff just laid out and stacks upon stacks of 100-pound bags Mm. of raw beans ready for shipping or ready for drying or whatever – it's amazing. I bet. Yeah, Man, it's gonna amazing. It's going to be cool to visit those those coffee plantations. Oh, it is. I mean, it's it is. It's all very organized and everyone's just super chill. I mean, the, <laughs> the coffee industry is just it's it's pretty not involved in it directly, but you know, I know people who are. So yeah, it's really cool. That is cool. Well, and and looking at, you know, the 90% of what they grow, they export. But of that of that 90% coming out of Nicaragua, this really high-end coffee, number 3 in the world mm-hmm. right now. Yep. Could could get bumped up, but number yep. 3 right now. Um, they were saying that that's only 1.4% of the world's coffee. That is How amazing. crazy is that? So we're talking not only is it really good, it's yeah. super rare. Very Just rare. About 1.5% of, w- of what's out there. Well, to give you some perspective of the size of Nicaragua, you say there's 45,000 families, there's 6 million people. Nicaragua is one-third the size of Arizona. Oh my gosh, that's that's small for a country. That is very small. And the elevation, the area that they grow the coffee in is not a large area. It's up in northern Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the classic 3,600-foot elevation, cloud forest. It's mm-hmm. the perfect location to grow this stuff, but it's not that big. But 
the reason it's not sold in the U.S. is because it is so high-end. It yeah. is so expensive. Um, they talk about people in Japan paying $100 for a cup of Nicaraguan coffee. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And nothing, you know, it's just a cup of coffee. Yeah, you know, just a plain cup of coffee. Just, yeah. Wow. Just, it's crazy. So yeah. we got to get our hands on some Nicaraguan coffee. That's your goal, listeners, this week is to find, not imitation either, find no. some really good high-end Nicaraguan coffee and try it and, and tell us what you think. We'd love to hear about that. Uh, what do you think makes it so good? You know, it's it's hard to know. I mean, I've walked through the coffee plantations up there. The guy that we know, I've walked across his farm and I've yeah. got a friend who's a fellow missionary. He owns a small five-acre farm up there that they were doing some ministry stuff with. It is the blackest soil you've mm. ever seen, so it's probably super, super rich. Uh, we talked a little bit beforehand that there's a lot of volcanic activity in the country, yeah, and that could have a lot to do with it. But I'll tell you what, the temperature and the elevation, everything they say that you need for absolute perfection uh-huh. is found in this very small region in Nicaragua, and there's very few places in the world that come close to matching that. Okay. You know, so— It's just the perfect environment. That's and I'll tell you the what— idea. Exactly, and it's love. I mean, there's a lot of love that goes into that stuff. I mean, I think there are like whisperers, like like <laughs> coffee plant whisperers up yeah. there talking to that stuff. You but know? I heard a lot of it's shade grown too, so it's just it's natural. Yeah, and they have this this canopy of all these different exotic trees. Yeah, so I'm sure all of that plays into it a lot. Yeah, so. yeah, and it it it's so moist up in that area. I mean. It, it, I just can't say it enough that it is like one of the very few that is closest to being 100% perfect okay. is what the guy that, that we know um, has said. He's like, this. If, if there's any other place closer to perfection than this, we don't know about it. <laughs> you know, And it's, it's reflected in the number three position in the world yeah. for that little small 1.4% niche that they have that little toehold. Yep. You know, it's huge. Yeah. Man, too bad it's not bigger. And then maybe we could get like 5% of the world's you coffee might. comes out of there. And that, then you might actually get some here. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, um, uh, that's the coffee tip for today. Get some Nicaraguan coffee. Let it blow your mind. Email us. Let us know what you think about it. Yes. If it's, if it's worth the hype. And then try I don't know what number two and number one are in the world right now, but try it. Yeah. And see see what you think. Compare it and, and let us know what you think about it. Find enough, buy enough, make Nicaragua number one. That's yeah. all. That, that's your well, goal for this week. And that is what we should do. I mean, it's supporting a huge population of the country. I mean, that's a big export of Nicaragua. So it's, yeah. it's cool for us to, to go online, to find somebody to buy it from, and to help support the, the people that are working there. And today's extra tip about the coffee industry in Nicaragua, those people earn all their money for the year in the two-month harvest. Whoa. Yeah. Man, that's that, crazy. Can you imagine getting paid for two months and then the next 10? It's like, well, I can't Stretching wait. Stretching it out. I hope it's a regular season. I hope it's a good season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, that's it really hard. is. Yeah. Cool. Well, cool coffee tips. Thanks for sharing that with us. Absolutely. That's, that's exciting. Well, let's move on to talking about you and uh, what God's done in your life over the past few years. Absolutely. How how did you and, and why did you you pick Nicaragua? How did God lay that on your heart? And what what was uh, the, the moment you knew, man, God is calling us to move out of the Phoenix area to this country in, in Central America? I love telling this story because um, to tell the backstory a little bit, Back uh, in uh, 1989, I took my first missions trip, went to Mexico, mm-hmm. saw for the first time what it looks like to see church done by a missionary on a foreign field. Okay. And I knew right away, it's like, well, this is what God wants me to do with my life. Hmm. And so a year later, uh, we were in Baptist Bible College starting um, the missions program. And after that, did all the steps to, to get there, did internships and things like that. And then God closed the door. 
So we moved back to Arizona. It's like, okay, kind of thought that God was done with us. Yeah. Then um, we started to see our paths changing a little bit. We saw a fork in the road coming. We had our, our oldest son was uh, getting ready to graduate high school. Our daughter was starting high school. And we knew in a few years that uh, we were going to be empty nesters. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we're serving in our church here at Desert Springs. We've been here for a long time, and we were never bored ministry-wise. But we knew that there was more. We had already given ourselves to full-time service a long time ago, and we knew that hadn't changed. Mm. That call had never ceased, but we just didn't know what it was going to look like. So we just simply started to ask separately at first between me and my wife, God, what more do you have? What more do you have for us, for me? What do you want? I don't know if that means starting being a part of a new church plan. Our church was looking at that at the time, and then Mm -hmm. some other things. Any other ministry, there was no specific location, no specific ministry. It wasn't even missions, Hmm. but that was already in our blood. Um, So we started praying, asking God, what more? What more do you have? And for two years, that was our prayer. And got a call from my buddy, um, who's been in Nicaragua for almost 17 years now, and he said, hey, you know what? I'm calling you today because I, I, I need you to pray about something. I have a challenge for you. It's like, okay, what is it? He said, I need you to pray about being a missionary in Nicaragua, specifically <laughs> about Nicaragua. And I'm like, wow. He said, yeah, our, our ministry down here is exploding. Mm-hmm. He said, we, we, we need help. I need help like crazy. I was like, okay. You know, and as soon as he said that, you know, I was like, wow, this is like the answer. You'd been praying about it already. Yeah. And then you literally get a call. Literally. The phone <laughs> rings by this guy. Brian was my Man. mountain biking buddy. We met in Bible college together, got along great. And they were like pioneers down there, mm. starting everything that's going on as far as Familia Avance is, is the uh, organization we work with uh-huh. um, that he and his wife started. And I'm like, yeah. I'll pray. He said, man, that's great. And he said, and this is it. This is why I'm calling you. We need people that we know, we trust, and we love. Mm -hmm. And you guys fit that. And he said, I just hope that, you know, you can pray about this and we'll see where God leads. I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I already knew. Mm -hmm. I knew as soon as he said it, it's like, this is the answer. That's it, yeah. This is pretty pretty clear. This is... You're praying about it and your wife Shannon's praying about it and then, boom. Yeah. This call out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd had a little bit. I wasn't even on Facebook you know, at this time, I'd live vicariously through my wife's Center. pages. You know, I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and they would talk a little bit, and I would say things to Brian through my wife's page just yeah. a little bit every now and then. We we're still friends, but we were, you know, way disconnected. Mm-hmm. And hung up the phone, and Shannon said, so what was that all about? Because she had obviously heard my side of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I said, hun, we're going to Nicaragua. And she said, <laughs> okay. Oh, and man. Super excited. We went uh, the very next Sunday. And it just happened to be communion. And we, we did what Brian asked us to do. We prayed about it. We spent that week and we prayed. It's like, you know, God, we have no doubt. Yeah. This is what you want us to do because how can we not be asking and then someone call and then this is what's laid in front of us? Yeah. It's like there's no there's no question. So we, we talked to Pastor Steve after we were sitting there, first of all, with communion. It was a communion Sunday. And communion has always been special, but this has even made it more special for me over the last several years. Sitting there holding the elements. We've got, we've got the bread, we've got the juice, and then describing and thinking about what that is. I mean, that represents mm-hmm. Christ's everything yeah. for us. That complete atonement. I mean, that whole thing, remember this. you know. And, when, and we're sitting there, it's like, hun, this is what Christ did for us. Hmm. He gave everything for us. Let's give everything for him. Let's just go. <laughs> Let's just go. And she's like, okay. So we 
took communion. We went over to Pastor Steve after service, like, hey, we need to talk to you. And at first, he's like, oh, no. Uh, and I was like, no, 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 this is a good talk. Yeah, whenever a pastor hears, hey, I need to talk to you. Yeah, it's especially when a husband and wife, what's happening? you know, yeah. he's like, oh, good, okay. So we met that week. <laughs> we told him, he's like, oh, that is fantastic. And right away, it was 110% support from Pastor Steve in Desert Springs. He's like, we'll be your sending church. We'll do, we'll, we are behind you. Yes. We are behind you. We are the foundation for what's going to be your ministry in the future. It's like, beautiful. All right. And he said, so, when were you there? I'm like, What? I've never been to Nicaragua. I think I could find it on a map. You know, I mean, I know it's below Mexico. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's down there somewhere. I, I wasn't like a lot of people have asked, like, well, what part of Africa is that in? Yeah, sure. No, 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 no. It's not Nigeria. It's yeah, Nicaragua, yeah, it's you know. Yeah. So he's like, okay, what you need to do is as soon as you can, for as long as you can, you need to go. Yeah. And he said this. He said, you need to see it, taste it, and smell it. And he actually, I know you can't see it, but he put his hands together and interlocked his fingers and he said, you need to make sure that romance and reality meet and that they like each other. That's important. Very important. Yeah, that's a big deal. Because, you know, I had been out of the country once in my life Hmm. and my wife had stayed in Ecuador for two months after high school. So she had more experience than me and been on more admissions trips than me. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was the best thing because our first experience in Nicaragua was like, Okay, God, if I need to sit in the airport terminal and eat my granola bars for the next 10 days while we're here, I'll do it. Because it was dirty, it smelled, it was awful. Our first experience was Uh. awful. But, I mean, that takes us from then until, you know, getting there on our first trip. Sure. But it was exciting. That's awesome. And then, yeah, I remember you guys went down there a few times. You saw what God was doing. You got excited about it. You decided, we're doing this for sure. You start raising funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the typical missionary story, right? Yep. Going around to churches that you know and all that. Yep. Um, God provides pretty quickly. Very You quickly. moved down to Costa Rica to do language school. Yes. And I, I, I want to skip over that because I want to get to Nicaragua. But yeah, yeah. I don't want um, to minimize how important that is. And that Holy was a long God. time. How long were you guys in Costa Rica? We were in Costa Rica for a full year in language school. Oh, man. Painful. That just sounds brutal. It hurt. <laughs> hurt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah it hurt. <laughs> but you're on this side of it now, so amen. that's good. Yeah, amen. Yes, amen. So you get into Nicaragua. So what what types of ministry are going on down there? What are you guys doing? Um, how's, how's God moving and, and shaking things up in Nicaragua? Okay, what God is doing right now in Nicaragua is we have got 13 churches, okay. and 11 of them, that might not be the right number, it might be 10, but <clears throat> 10 or 11 of the 13 are led by national pastors. Wow, that's that's awesome. Oh, it is. And two of those are church plants that are completely independent from any support from the missionary, from anybody in North America. Really? They are from a Nicaraguan. And, and to understand the economics of what that means, what that church has done with their discipline and their stewardship mm-hmm. to get to that point is awesome. The leadership and the depth of training and the commitment and what they do with how little they have yeah. is amazing. So we've got regular churches. We have 13. We're not just a one-church shop. We completely believe in church planting okay. and discipleship and edification. We have a seminary, hmm. um, and out of that, um, that's in Managua. So during the week, the kids go from, I call them kids because they're all half my age or, <laughs> or more, um, they, they go to class in the morning, and they're done by 1 and by 2 that they, they go to their churches in the area, and they serve as interns, and that's visitation, and it's discipleship, and it's okay. all that kind of stuff. And then alongside of that, a lot of those folks, those young people, they also coach and maintain and run and mentor the kids that are in our soccer league. Oh, wow. We have got a soccer league. Every church has a team, 
and those teams participate in other leagues in their city. And then we have like an inter-ministry championship that happens once a year. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, it's it's amazing. And the draw, the draw isn't just from the churches. The draw, it's open. The teams are open to anybody oh, really? in the okay. community. Huh. So the kids come in like, hey, I want to play soccer. So which, they could, which everybody loves sport that, that attracts people, and I'm sure soccer is huge. It's in it's a, it's it's not uh, surprisingly enough. Baseball is number one in Nicaragua. Oh, okay. Baseball huh. is, and the reason that you see soccer more often is simply because of the equipment cost. Yeah, because if you have a couple goals and a ball, it, that's it. Yeah. And and yeah, it's not even sometimes a couple of regular goals. It's <laughs> a couple of marks on the ground, and it's like, well, I think it was a goal that you know. I mean, it's kind of funny, but. Um, in the whole youth extreme, which the soccer ministry falls under, yeah. we've got over 2,000 young people Whoa. in the country. And you think about the ratio of a country of 6 million, and there's 2,000 young people that participate. That's awesome. We can have a youth rally. Our annual youth rally can have well over 1,000 people attend from wow. all over. Because we, we're in uh, the central zone to the on the Pacific side and then up towards no- the northern part of Nicaragua. Okay. There's not a whole lot towards the Caribbean or down further south. It's just, it hasn't developed that far yet. Okay. Um, but over 2,000 young people. So on lo- along with that, back up in the coffee area, mm-hmm. another ministry we have, uh, which surprisingly enough is funded by some of the people who buy coffee, a few companies you may have heard of, you know, Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, and Starbucks. Mm-hmm. They buy coffee out of this region, and that helps to fund our medical center. Really? It is such a high-end medical center. Now, we're talking third-world high-end. Okay. But people will walk for 30 miles to get to our clinic because of the level of care they get versus going to the government clinic. Hmm. Um, we're open 24-7, 365 days a year, and the government clinic has fewer days and fewer hours of operation. So people wow. know they can come to us, and they get they get triaged physically. They get triaged spiritually. I mean, there's a whole mentoring, Bible study, discipleship program that's attached to that as well. And your ministry in that is funded by Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, and McDonald's. Yes. Amazing. It that's is. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So coffee, you know, just, just it's it's incredible what it does. I mean, it's not only an industry, but it, it helps fund our ministry. Wow, that's awesome. That's a lot going on. 13 churches, 2,000 kids in this soccer league. You've got a seminary where you're discipling people. You're obviously educating them, but you're also teaching them how to do ministry when, when the rubber meets the road. Yes. And then yep. you've got this clinic. Yep. That is a lot going on. So how many other missionaries are, are in your group? How many other missionaries do you work with? Um, we've got, let's see, we have... Two other families, a single missionary, and then one other missionary couple on deputation. Okay. Um, we had another family, but they just they they change fields and they're going to Eastern Europe now. But right okay. now, there will be um, there'll be eight of us, wow. eight of us working with Familia Avance alone, and we are outnumbered by the Nicaraguans in the ministry. That right now, with all of us out of the country, mm-hmm. they're all running everything. Now there's advice going in, and we're in. I'm in constant. Communication, not that I have, you know, with, with my limited experience, I'm just in communication because they're my friends. Yeah, sure. You know, but but my buddy Brian, who runs everything, and uh, it's, they're running it. I That's mean, awesome. It, I mean, considering eight missionaries full-time, but then obviously, uh, however many Nicaraguans, there's tons of them that are yes. running. And see, and why is that your goal? Why, why is your goal to get indigenous pastors to be heading it up and to be running the ministry? Um, simply because of like in in the Great Commission, it says go into all the world. Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't it didn't say you know to take your American ideas and those kinds of things and then deposit them and along the way teach people how to be a Christian. Yeah, 
we will not be there one day. It, political things being what they can be in the world, mm -hmm. we may not be able to return one time. Yeah. My visa may be pulled and I show up and they say, sorry, we don't want you in our country anymore and I can never go back. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so it's very important that the, the nationals, I, I can think of several right now, I can picture them, that those guys are more than capable of, for the next 35 years, running the church that they're in right now. Um, but to have nationals on the ground, they understand the culture. They'll never have a language barrier like 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 I do, mm -hmm. um, and and they they know what it is that the people need uh, because they've grown up in it. Um, the third world culture, if you've never experienced it, isn't anything um, easy to assimilate. Mm -hmm. I mean, we 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 don't live third world <clears throat> at our house, and for someone who understands that, who it's it's just everything that's normal. And you have to see it to be able to understand what normal is. Mm -hmm. um, but those guys get it. And yeah. they, they have as much love and compassion and desire to serve in Nicaragua and to see the world, see that part of the world change for God. Mm -hmm. they, they outshine us by a thousand percent with their love and enthusiasm for their own people. Well, I think you guys are doing, I mean, just a really great job of what we're supposed to do. Because with, with the Great Commission, right, with Matthew 28, Jesus mm -hmm. parting words to his disciples, it, sometimes I think we can get off track. He said, go make disciples. Mm -hmm. He didn't say, yeah. go establish ministries and churches. Right. And again, I think ministries and churches are huge for making disciples. Yes. But yeah. you guys get it. You're going there and you're making disciples. Uh, like a lot like Paul did. He never thought, I'm going to move to Thessalonica. I'm going to move to Corinth and I'm going to live there for the next 30 years of my life mm -hmm. and have a ministry. He went and he made disciples and he, he allowed them to take over the ministry. He yeah. equipped them. He, he evangelized them, and then he gave them the ministry. And that's exactly what you guys are doing down there. Yeah. You're, you're discipling because that's what it says. It doesn't yes. say establish a ministry, establish an organization. It says make disciples. Yeah, so, yeah. The whole, the whole business structure, the whole business end of things, mm -hmm. that just makes things easier for us to do things in the country. Yeah. You know, but everything else, it is. It is literally what the Bible says to do, make disciples. And the more disciples with greater depth that can be made, mm -hmm. that is our goal. And to raise up stronger leaders, young men, young ladies, it's it's the only way to go because it is, yeah. You know, I mean they'll they'll reach more of their friends than than I ever will. Yeah, well, I mean, they know the language, they yeah. know the culture, they get it. Yeah. They're indigenous, so they can yep. go to their their culture way better than us learning the culture and then coming from the outside and they know we're not part of them and we're, we're not from that country. Right. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a way smarter way to do ministry. And I think it's way more effective. Oh, it is. Um, because, like you said, you guys have a long-term goal. You're realistic. Maybe mm. something's going to happen down there right. and you can't go back. Right. So if, if you can't be there, does your whole ministry fold? Well, if it does, then you did it wrong. Exactly. You need yeah. to be establishing people who are going to be there to yeah. do the ministry. So I really, that's what excites me about what you guys are doing is that you're doing it the right way. You're doing it the biblical way. And what Jesus said, it's not just, this wasn't some trivial thing. This no. was a plan for the church to, to and I mean the people of mm -hmm. the church, right, yeah. To, yeah. to take over the world. And um, we have to do it by making disciples. That's the key ingredient. Not yeah. establish a building, not you know establish your own ministry. Right. And have, it's about making disciples. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's the smallest footprint that I have. It's not about me at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel honored that I get to go down and serve alongside of these people mm -hmm. because to know what little they have, yeah, you know, to 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 
see the enthusiasm that they have for ministry, to see how they, what they do. I mean, there's one young man I know that probably puts in 15 or 16 hours a day. Wow. He might get Monday off. He works in three churches. He pastors two of them, and he youth pastors in all three. I mean, that's crazy. The kid's 22, and he's just serving the Lord. Yeah, he's he he graduated from our seminary. <laughs> um, he's amazing. You know, I mean, I love the kid to death. Yeah. Um, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. And those are the success stories. That's that's what excites you about doing ministry. I mean, and when you hear those things, you, you get what Paul's talking about. Like Timothy, my true son mm-hmm. in the faith, right? Yes. These people that you invest a lot of time in and then they're you're seeing it come to fruition. That's just so exciting. Yeah. You're seeing them get a vision of what God can do. Yep, absolutely. That is yep. great. So so with that, why are you here? in Phoenix and not down in Nicaragua. There's been some stuff, and maybe maybe some of our listeners have seen some of the stuff in the news, but yeah, what, what's going on, and definitely how can we be praying for Nicaragua? Um, what's going on right now is there's been some civil unrest. Um, things went a little sideways in mid-April, and... We ju- it just got to a point where we had to we had to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, the circumstances changed that it was just safer for us. It was safer for our Nicaraguan brothers and sisters to not have North Americans around. Okay. And so so we all had to leave. Um, we're all slowly going back, um, which is exciting just to just to get back to what we consider normalcy again. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as prayer, um, the ministry is ongoing. God did not take time off while there was political unrest. I mean, people are coming to Christ. Um, as you've seen around the world in other times of crisis, mm-hmm. um, the churches are growing. People are coming. People are asking questions like, what is the difference between how you believe and me who goes to this facility, mm-hmm. this church every day? Yeah. Um, wh- what's the difference in how you believe? You know, And, and it's like, please don't. Make your answer soft. I want to know the truth. Yeah, and you know there's, a, there's a lot of Roman Catholicism yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm sure those are a lot of the questions. Yes. Like, what's the difference between you know evangelical Protestants versus the, what, what we believe in the, the Catholic Church in Nicaragua? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um, a way to pray is for, obviously, God's peace to come into Nicaragua, um, that people would continue to seek that this situation, as terrible as it is, and we want it to stop, mm-hmm. um, people are asking, people are seeking um, we want it to end at the same time. That fear of the unknown is driving people to God, is driving people to ask questions. That's awesome. And that's what we want. It's like, unfortunately, this is what's doing it. Yeah. And we, we want to get the message of Christ to them um, while they're interested. Because yeah, because it, during during times of trials and suffering and unrest is when people start asking big yeah. questions. Oh, they do. Yeah, and and you know the economy has has been slow because of this and some mm-hmm. other things. So you know there's a lot of factors that have a lot of people scratching their heads and like what's going on. You yeah. know, there's got to be more than this. I thought I was okay. Sure. You know, I'm still in a third world country, but I thought I was okay. Apparently not. I'm scared now. Why am I scared? And they mm-hmm. they ask these questions that are great questions and. They're coming to Christ. That's awesome. You know, yeah. Well, and it's because there's the faithful Christians there that you trained to be faithful Christians that are telling them about Jesus. Oh, and yeah. And that's the other thing about this situation, too, is not, not only are people coming to the Lord. Like, that, I mean, that's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But God is also um, developing and refining the character of the Christians that are there. Yes. Serving during times of unrest. Serving in the trials and the difficulties. Yeah. Man, that's just, again, such, a, such an awesome opportunity for our brothers and sisters down there. To, to be um, used of God and see how he comes through for them and yeah. see how he does grow and refine them in a really, really tough time. Yep. 
Yep, I've shared with with one of the the young guys. He'll message me and he'll say he'll send me the the emoji that's got the sad face. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I'll ask him. It's like, what's up? What's going on? You know, why the sad face? And and he'll he's oh, I'm just I'm sad for my country. And it's like, hey, you know what? Think remember the 23rd Psalm, because the 23rd Psalm. It starts out where everything's nice, the water's calm, and God has me there. Yeah. I've had great times in my life. And then my table gets set up in the presence of my enemy. Hmm. And then after that, where God has anointed my head with oil, and I will stay in the house of the Lord forever. It's because he's prepared me for these things. Yeah. You know, he is, he is, he's built this confidence in himself into me. And I just remind him of that. It's like, man, come on. You've got to remember what God has done in the past. Mm-hmm. What you're going through right now is scary and it's hard. But you got to look, and you got to know that people before you have gone through things just as bad, if not worse, because you're talking to me. So the worst hasn't happened as far as the world is concerned. Sure. You're, you've not lost your life Still yet. Still breath, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it hasn't come to that. And I understand there's tension and pressure and unrest and all this, but, man, you got to have your confidence. Your confidence has to light. You know, and he's like, yeah, you're right. Yep. You're right. And that's where the, the hope of the Christian is, is completely different from anything else. Um, because we don't, you know, as Paul says, we don't mourn as those without hope. Right. That's Amen. a huge difference. Mourning yeah. with hope uh, versus mourning without hope is a huge, huge thing. Yep. And that's why we can count it all joy when we suffer trials, yep. like James says, right? Yep. Amen. Because... Yep. Nothing can touch us. I mean, that's really what what Jesus has done in our life. Is if we've trusted in Him, He's moved us into a position where death has no reign over mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. The worst that can happen to me is I die and then I'm with the Lord. Yes, that's the worst thing that can happen to me. Bring it on. I mean, really, and that's where you get, you know, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, when when Paul starts trash-talking death, yeah. death, where's your sting? Yes. You've been swallowed up in victory. You've uh-huh. got nothing on us, right? And remembering that in the good times is so important because you've got to remember it in the bad times. Yes. And when trials come, because they will. Yep. Everybody's going to go through it. Everybody's going to have difficulty. Everyone's going to mourn. Um, but we have hope, and death loses, and it's swallowed yes. up, and it will die, and... Um, Jesus wins, and that's there's nothing else like that. Yeah. The, the best that the atheist has is, I hope I make a difference and people remember my fame. Uh, yeah. So, so so impotent. What a weak purpose yeah. to live for, yeah. right? Yeah, there's uh, nothing, yeah. There's nothing else like Christianity. We have uh, hope, true hope, mm-hmm. true hope, Amen. Yep. Um, because it's, it, it's, it's actually real. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, during these times, man, encouraging people to, to remember that, that's just huge, that Man, it's it's through the trials and suffering I remember how how thankful I am to God because I actually have real hope. Yes. I don't have to just muster up, you know, fakeness in oh, yeah. in, in something that that's just so um empty and yeah. so and so pointless. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So how can we um uh, obviously we want to be praying for our brothers and sisters yep. down there, right? We want to um um, I, I would I would suggest just people getting in, involved and getting informed on what's going on because we're not hearing about it very much. No, this no, is a, this is a big deal. Yeah, you if you want to know more about it, what you do is you just simply do a Google search mm-hmm. and you just type in Nicaragua news, and it'll come up. And for me, you're going to start seeing, you're going to start reading articles from news sources that you wouldn't normally go to. You'll see things from Al Jazeera, CNN, Yahoo News, and and other entities outside of the U.S. Yeah. that you would not normally go to, but they're the ones that have the best stories. And for whatever reason, um, there's just not a lot of it coming out of the U.S. Um, but yeah. 
you know, it's 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 out there. Um, but the most important thing is to remember to pray for everyone in Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. It's our cause in Nicaragua is the cause of Christ. Yes, it is not about politics, one side or the other, or one group is more important than the other. You know, how many times have we heard that the ground at the foot of the cross is level? It doesn't matter yeah. who you are, that day when you bow your knee, you are a human being before your God, and, and you're either in his book or you're not. Yep. And that's what we want. We want everyone to understand that our cause is Christ. Well, and, and Wade, I think that, that also extends to here. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, our country is nowhere near political unrest like like things are going on down there. But there is this strife and this uh, this side pitted against this side. And um, as Christians, we've got to understand our citizenship is not American. Yes. It's in heaven. That's where we primarily, that's our identity. That's who we are. And um, all sides need Jesus. Yes, amen. And people who yeah. don't know the Lord have got to know the Lord. And mm-hmm. I need to love my enemies. I need to love my friends and I need to love people the way Christ loved me. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, what you're doing and, and what you're saying about Nicaragua is so true. But, man, yeah. same thing here. We, we need to we need to get refocused on what's most important. And that's it. It's, it, is, it is seeing lives change for Christ. That's what it comes down to. That's the cause. That is the cause of why we are in Nicaragua. So to pray for things, you can pray for the ministry of mm-hmm. Nicaragua. You can pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ in Nicaragua. You can pray for our safety. I mean, yeah. You can you can have things happen here in Phoenix, Arizona, just like you can in Managua, Nicaragua. Oh, sure. You know, I mean, it's 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 all around us. You know, but we're in a third world country, um, and that you know God's hand has been on the ministry of Familia Avance Nicaragua for a long time, and there's no reason to think that that hand of blessing is going to be removed, mm-hmm. so that God would continue to bless. I don't think there's anything wrong. Like Jabez said, you know, Lord, bless me indeed. Increase my borders. Yeah. You know, he asked for that. He wanted God to bless him. And there's no reason that we can't ask for God to bless the ministry of Familia Avance in Nicaragua um, for more influence, for more opportunity to share his truth. Absolutely. You know, and that's what we want. Um, and how God prompts you. I mean, um, you can go on Facebook to Familia Avance. And it's what it means literally in Spanish is advance the family is familia avance. Okay. Um, and it's it's spelled just like it sounds familia avance. Um, and we've got a Facebook page with all everybody's pictures on it. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, what if people want to get involved more? I mean, obviously financial support, prayer support. What if people say, man, this has excited me. I want to go down there and I want to see what's going on. Are there opportunities to serve? Oh, there are. There are opportunities to serve. Um, we've got regular trips. Uh, a lot of people come down. Um, because of the current situation, everything came to a halt for this summer and everything will hopefully be able to pick up next year. Um, people come down usually uh, six or seven days at a time and you get plugged in with a local ministry and you work hand in hand, or as they say in Nicaragua, taco a taco. You okay. know, you're working right next to a Nicaraguan brother or sister, and you're doing ministry. You're building something. You're doing a VBS. Mm-hmm. You're uh, you're just doing visitation and evangelism and, and basketball camps, soccer camps, <laughs> baseball camp. I mean, if God can be honored and the gospel can be shared, it can be done in Nicaragua. That's I awesome. mean, that is the thing. I mean, we did something last year where we raised a lot of money to build sports complexes. Eleven guys rode motorcycles down from the U.S. to Nicaragua. Oh, wow. And I, God was honored because three of those have been built, sure. you know, and it's it's incredible. I mean, so people can get involved. They can contact us uh, directly through our Facebook page. You can either go to me, Wade Cooperwriter, my wife, Shannon Cooperwriter. You can find us on our 
uh, missions agency's website, which is the Baptist Bible Fellowship International, bbfimissions.org. Search my name or search Nicaragua, and we'll come up. Yeah, and we'll put all of those links in the in the notes for the show too. So if you just click on those, you can get there quickly. But I would highly suggest that if 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 God's tugging at your heart, you need to go contact yeah. Wade, get in touch, do something with your life. And um, going to a third world country on a mission trip does change your perspective on who God is yep. and on what He's doing around the world. It is just it's so pivotal. I, I would say every Christian needs to not not should you need to absolutely get to a third world country uh, because you're you're going to be broken yes. because you, you're not thankful enough for what you have. Right. Secondly, you're going to um, see people who choose to serve Jesus in a context that you didn't know was there. Um, you you don't understand how, how can you have this mentality with with the the the, the suffering that you're going through, mm-hmm. with the trials that you're going through, with the unrest. With the, you you realize how good you have it being in America, but then you see people who are so faithful to the Lord, and it just it inspires and it pushes you to be more like Jesus. It's one of those spur, spurring one another on to good works. And our third world brothers and sisters in Christ really, um, they spur me on to, to be more like them. If you really want to see what it looks like to have hope lived out after mm-hmm. someone has come to Christ, go to a country, go to Nicaragua, one of the poorest countries in Central America, in Latin America. Mm-hmm. You will see hope lived out. It's the country with the highest suicide rate of teenagers from 12 to 17 years old. And when someone comes to Christ, they may not have a mom and dad. They may have been orphaned or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But when they come to Christ and they have hope, you will see someone living out their faith in in a hope that you just cannot fathom (laughs) is possible. Because I've seen you wear the same thing three days straight now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got one set of clothes. You're smiling every time I see you. God is great. You know, uh, Dios es todo poderoso. You know, God is all powerful. <laughs> you know, I mean, and that—that's the attitude. Yes. You know, I mean, it's not—it's not leprechauns and unicorns every day. No. But. But there's hope. Those people live in a hope because, from nothing to knowing that you are a child of God, mm-hmm. and they—they they understand that. They understand the relationship that they'd never been taught before. That's awesome. Yes. You got to get down there and see it. So go on uh, the Facebook, get in touch with, with Wade and Shannon, see what's going on. Uh, they, they continue to update and, and let us know all the things that God's doing down there. Um, but also um, financial support, prayer support, huge, huge ways that you can get involved in, in loving people, loving your brothers and sisters. Amen. Yep. <clears throat> and not just your current brothers and sisters, but future brothers and sisters. Yes. Right? Yes. That's the goal. So we'd love for you to get involved in that. Also, if you would uh, want to go on a trip, you can contact them and you can set it up. The one thing about Nicaragua that's great is it's really affordable. It is way affordable. The time zone change is not hard. It's an hour. It's just, yeah. So it's there's really not an excuse not to go. No, not at all. Because honestly, from Phoenix to Houston, Charlotte, or Miami, you're looking at a 10 to 12 hour travel day. Your trip is going to cost you 1600 bucks for seven days. I mean, that's it. You know, and 800 of it is your uh, is your flight, round trip, and then the other half is going to be your transportation, lodging, and food. Man, who can't do that? Well, yeah. I mean, and, and you won't suffer jet lag, and, I mean, there's volcanoes to look at. There's, you can <laughs> there's go, good coffee to drink. There's great coffee to drink. <laughs> and, I mean, there's just there's a lot of great things to do. I mean, you will be affected in ways that you never realized. Well, Wade, thanks for being here with us today. Really appreciate Man, this it. Was it excites awesome. me to hear about what God's doing and how he's using you guys.
it's a blast. I love, I love being called into this. I mean, there's nothing, nothing greater. I told the guys I used to work with, had to explain it to them with a sports analogy saying, this is the pinnacle of my life. I could not be called hmm. to do anything greater than to go and to be a missionary. And even if it's in a third world country, it's, it's a complete honor to be doing it. So yeah. if you haven't, wrestle with the question with God, what more do you have for me? Hmm. You need to. Yes. Wrestle absolutely. with that question. Absolutely. Yes. Well, hey, listeners, I wanted to let you know of one thing that we are starting to do here at Christ Culture and Coffee. Um, we want to interact with you a little bit more. Um, we love people emailing us questions and answering uh, tough questions on uh, justification and Paul and James, on eternal security. But one thing we want to do is we want to offer you some free uh, Christ Culture and Coffee, Christ Culture and Coffee swag. I guess. So we're making coffee mugs with our logo on it, and here's how you get a hold of them. You can't buy them. What you have to do is you need to email me, um, email me some coffee tips. And if you have a good coffee tip that we share at the beginning of one of our episodes, we will mail you for free one of our Christ Culture and Coffee nice. mugs. That's a good deal, right, That's Wade? huge. Everybody yep. should be racking the internet and thinking through, okay, what are good coffee tips and oh, emailing yeah. them in. So if you email it in, that doesn't give you the coffee mug. Uh, it, we have to pick to use it. Um, but if we do, we will send you a free coffee mug. So start getting uh, those tips emailed into us, and we'll see what we can do with that. Awesome. But, well, Wade, it's been fun. Um, fun talking with you. Cool hearing about what God's doing. Listeners, thanks so much for being with us today on Christ Culture and Coffee, and we will talk to you next week. You have been listening to Christ Culture and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.